Warning! The Bone Bad Show is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hey folks, Eric here from the Bloody Good Horror Podcast, and I'm here today to talk to you about decisions. Sometimes you have a noisy neighbor that you just don't know how to deal with. Maybe you've got someone tied up in your basement and you're not really sure how long you should leave him there. Or maybe you're having a tough time deciding what to do with the stray cat that's keeping you up all night. And that's why I'm here today, folks, because a decision to listen to Bloody Good Horror is an easy one. So do yourself a favor and check out Bloody Good Horror today. That's bloodygoodhorror.com, the one choice in life that's easy. Plus, we'll help you figure out where to bury that dead body you're driving around with. And don't worry, if you didn't see anything, neither did we. Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast, where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. about regret is that it's better to regret something you have done than to regret something you haven't done. And by the way, if you see your mom this weekend, would you be sure and tell her, Satan, Satan, Satan.
everybody. Welcome to the Bone Bat Show, episode 22. This, dose, would, dose. this would be Steve. And this is Gordon. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you? I am doing fucking incredible. And do you know why I'm doing so incredible? Does it have anything to do with the lead-in music? It does indeed. As you may have noticed, this week we are featuring... The mighty butthole surfers, the one oh, and only. Yeah. Oh man, these guys are so great. These guys absolutely, you know, people say a, a band redefined rock and roll. No, the butthole surfers actually redefined rock and roll. No kidding. There, there has never been another band like the butthole surfers. They are in such a class and niche by themselves that it, it's almost hard to categorize them or describe their music in a lot of ways. No, because they're a band that take. They, they said, you know, I know what you think music is, but listen to this. We're going to make this stuff, and it's going to be music too. It, it was locust abortion technician. Nothing was like that until they made that. But not only that. I mean, that's just one album. the The thing I've always been impressed about with the regards to the Surfers is the fact that when you crack open their album for the first time, you have no fucking idea what you're going to get. No, you don't. It's like a fortune cookie that is a gate to hell instead of lucky numbers. Exactly, yeah. And the, the music could be anything. It could be kind of like a, a 60s folk rock that's fucked up. It could be punk. It could be metal. It could be psychedelic. It could be a four-part country tune about a bulldog. It's fucking insane. And yet they've always been able to pull off that sort of creativity throughout a very long career. Indeed. Yeah, so I'm pretty psyched about uh, the music this week, too, dude. Good job. I'm very psyched. And thanks to King Coffee and the Butthole Surfers for allowing us to do this. We really appreciate it. And uh, stay with us. We will be uh, talking a little more about the band in the middle of the show. Keep listening, please. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have been getting a lot of new listeners. That's one kind of cool thing. So if you're new to the Bone Bat Show, welcome. Hey, and if anyone out there can figure out how to how to figure out how many listeners we're getting from iTunes instead of just direct downloads, I would love to have that piece of information. I don't think iTunes doesn't provide any sort of way to know. Uh, theoretically, though, because iTunes just points you to our feed, those direct download numbers would include the iTunes numbers. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know these things. Steve is the brains behind the operation. I'm the good looks. <laughs> When it comes to this sheer sexiness quotient, that's all you? I'm all about the sexy. <laughs> I'm too sexy for my podcast. Shit. So, hey, you got a uh, political rant this week? Dude, I do. I have a political rant this week. And it's it's not, uh, I don't know, it's, it's barely political. It's something that shouldn't be political, but because so many people have, have fucked up, it's become political. And I would like to title this week's episode, Don't Be an Asshole with Your House. With your house? With your house. Yeah. But so many people were assholes with their house that it's drugged the whole country down with it. And I, I could go on and on about the banks and everyone else, but I want to talk about the people that the, the you and me and the people that own and live in a house. All right, look, if you can't afford a house... Unless the rates that you're borrowing at stay the same or drop, don't get a variable rate. Because rates go down, they go up. Eventually, rates are going to go up, and you're going to lose your house. If you, if you gamble on it and think rates are always going to stay low or always going to go down, that's like putting all your money on black and spinning the wheel. 
Don't be an asshole. Your house is to live in. It's not a big investment vehicle, okay? Don't take money back out of your house just because you can. If it's gone up in value on paper, don't take the money out because that money is real money, all right? It's, it's, and if you are going to buy houses for an investment vehicle, it's an investment. It could go up, it could go down. Be prepared. Have a plan. If you cannot lose those houses, don't fucking invest in them. I am so sick of hearing these sob stories about, not about people that like lost their job and then they couldn't afford their house payments, but like some asshole who owns four houses, bought them all in a variable interest loan, rates went up, suddenly he couldn't make the payments anymore, and, and he he's couldn't sell the houses. Story. He couldn't sell any of the houses because the market took a shit. Right, because they're worth less than when they bought them. It's an investment. It's like a stock. It can go up, it can go down. And, and if, if you can't figure that out, well, then you're an asshole and you shouldn't have bought houses. And if the bank repossesses your investment that, that couldn't work out for you, that's, that's not the same thing as somebody who's lost their job or been injured in an accident or had something horrible happen to them and they can no longer make their, their payments responsibly, okay? Those people, I'm very sad about. I wish we could help them out. Other people, you're being an asshole and I'm sick of you fucking everything up. And another thing about houses and assholes, don't buy a house just because you can. Use your head. There's this whole chunk of Sacramento called the Natomas Basin that exemplifies everything that's wrong. It's, it's, it's shaped like a basin. It's a bowl. It's surrounded on four sides by water. Okay, so it, you and me, Steve, we've seen this place underwater before when we went to Sacramento. <laughs> right. They built houses there. There's rivers on two sides, a flood on one, a canal on one side, and a creek on the other. And dude, if you buy a house there, you got it. And they say it's a 50-year floodplain. Let's say you want to live there 10 years. That's like the, the odds are one in five that you're going to lose everything. You you're, got a better odds playing Russian roulette. Don't be an asshole with your house. All right, that's it. That's my political rant. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. It's very impressive. And you're good with numbers, too, clearly. One in five, one in six. <laughs> in yes. For all you kids at home that are eyeing your dad's semi-automatic handgun and considering playing Russian roulette, yeah, that, the odds are considerably less than one in six. <laughs> Did you really just say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so don't. <laughs> That's my point. You're kind don't. of in a foul fucking mood tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I guess I am. You sound kind of pissed off. Yeah, well, you know what pisses me off. What pisses you off, dude? Everything. Yeah, Everything same here. A lot of shit pisses me off, too. I'm in the same boat. I can't do it. I went to a website today. Just to, It was an industrial machinery website because that's kind of what I do for a living because this podcast doesn't pay shit. And <laughs> the, the website where they're selling machinery has got music on it. That pisses me off. You click on a website. You just want to look at something and read something. And some jackass has decided that what you really need to do is listen to like some synthesized crap. How, how does that make my experience better? Yeah. yeah, do I need that? No, so you're desperately looking that, for that a little music button to makes play. me want to buy a printing press. I'm telling you, you God. may not know that, but is there anybody that goes to a site and hears that music and thinks? Wow, my experience is now better. I'm really glad I'm listening well, to Well, sure, this. No. if you're going to a band website. Well, yeah, a band website. Real music. In fact, if you're going to put, if you just have to put music on your website and your site has nothing to do with music, 
go in one direction. Go, go extreme. Because instead of pissing off everybody, you'll only piss off most people. And there'll be that tiny niche of people who, oh, wow, I really like, you know, the hillbilly rock or, or I like the butthole surfers or something. You're, there's going to be a small group of people that's going to go, yeah, this is good. Instead of everybody going to your site and going, wow, this is crap. I need to turn off my speakers. <laughs> that's good. But you know what pisses me off? What, Frosty? Fucking snow in Seattle in March. This is horse shit. We've had snow on our back deck. Basically, the you go outside and it's like an ice box. The place can't warm up because there's a bunch of snow on the ground. We've had snow on the ground here since Sunday. It's insane. It's freaking cold. Here, and I, I hear you are thinking about taking a dip in the pool. It's 70 degrees and nice. Every place across the nation, it's nice and balmy and warm, and we're in a fucking ice box, and it sucks. Now, didn't they just have a blizzard, like, in Omaha or something? I, I didn't hear that. Like I thought day. it was like a lot of the nation is having some pretty nice weather right now. Did yeah, you so, have a blizzard today, by any chance? Well, no, no, and I don't go to that unnamed fast food franchise that sells blizzards either, because <laughs> I once saw a wino take a dump on the wall of that building, and I can't get the image out of my head, so I never go there. <laughs> I think my wife likes that place, so uh, I, I don't know don't. if it was the same wino up here, but... <laughs> I don't know if he's a traveling wino, but you're God. I think cor- corporate shuttles in the winos to shit on all of their <laughs> okay. all of their walls. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's like a corporate wino. That, uh, it could be. <laughs> yeah, it was like orange, too. I don't know what that wino had ingested, but oh, God. That sounds fucking horrible. Yeah, it was. I never <laughs> went there ever since. Oh, that that store's off my list. Can't go there. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what else pisses me off? What? Fucking Russian spammers, dude. What's up with that? I don't know. So uh, those of you out there in the world, you may, have an, you may know that there is actually a Bone Bat Show forum at uh, www.bonehand.com slash forums. Where you can... Our forum is so big, it's a five of Yeah, <laughs> very nice. But uh, So we've had this going for a few months, and things have been pretty quiet over there. We don't have uh, you know that many people signed up until recently, uh, when all of a sudden, like six to ten a day of these spam people start signing up for the forum. And so the first couple, uh, I went through, and I yeah, yeah, I, you know, accepted their application or whatever. And uh, then all of a sudden, I started getting a bunch of spam and shit in the forum. So I started cleaning those up and basically blocking their IPs as I went. And all of a sudden, things got really quiet. And we didn't have... It was nice because I wasn't having to turn down a bunch of people, but nobody was doing anything with the forums. And it turned out that in my zealotry to uh, block these spammers, I had basically blocked the entire internet from our forums, (laughs) including, including my own IP. So take that. Yeah, I, I was banned. It was fucked. Take up. that internet. But I, I never would have known about it if not for a friend of ours uh, who emails Gord and says, uh, "Gord, I was trying to join the forums, and uh, I, I found out my my IP was banned. Did I do something to piss Steve off?" <laughs> and you know what, Nurse Jack, you are not on the list of things that piss Steve no, off. No, I felt I week. felt fucking terrible. I love Nurse Jack, and here fact, I was I, I blocking really get Nurse Jack on the show. blocking his access to our forums. So I have cleaned that up. The IPs have been uh, any any blocks have been removed. If you if you had tried to join our forums before, anyone any of our listeners out there, uh, please do so again. If you have any problems, email me at steve at bonehand.com. I'm really sorry. 
Oh, Unless you're some Slavic spam slinger, in which case, fuck off. Fuck you and your stupid ass. Thank you. Um, and but yeah, if you want, please uh, stop by and visit our forums. We've got a new facelift. There's a new look. Uh, Gordon got us a new logo, which looks pretty badass. Uh, like the direction, Ska Mama is doing a uh, little bit of a music uh, game that's kind of a spinoff of what we did a couple of episodes ago. So there's a few things going on over there. Check it out. And fuck you, Russian spammers. Right. Unless Vladimir Putin is part of your ring, in which case we have the utmost respect for you, please don't kill us. <laughs> yeah, they're going to send over the uh, the Grand Theft Auto 4 Mafia to... Oh, I don't want to get polonium <laughs> in my beer, okay? <laughs> fuck. So speaking of fuck... Speaking of... Yeah, so I, I, taught, I taught my son the F word. Inadvertently. Inadvertently? Okay, how, how inadvertently? Well, not in the way you might imagine it. See, I, I would imagine it. You would have been playing like a video game, getting pounced on, say, by some sort of a zombie creature, and you would have uttered it as Junior was walking through the room. Actually, no. Nothing could be further from the truth. I was, uh, I was reading a book that uh, Junior had selected, and it was about uh, Romans and Greeks, not not uh, do you like movies about gladiators type thing? <laughs> Junior, and it was discussing. Have you armor seen a grown man wore. naked? You like it when scraps rubs up and down <laughs> against your leg. Sorry. No. Anyway, right. go ahead. So anyway, it, it was discussing armor, and it, it kind of goes through the various classes of armor that people had from the best to the worst, and like the, the poorest people needing armor. He said just wrapped an animal skin around their arm for some sort of protection. And he's all into this. He's kind of acting stuff out as I'm reading to him. And so he lifts up his, his arm, which presumably has an animal skin wrapped around it, and he goes, fuck, fuck, fuck. I go, hey, hey, that's, what, what did you, what, that was rude. And he goes, what is rude? I said, you just said fuck, fuck, fuck. And he goes, yeah, so that's a very rude thing to say. And then with big, innocent eyes, but this is the point where I realized he had, he, he had no idea what he was saying. He goes, I was making the sound of a, like a sword hitting the animal skin. See, I would have thought that's more of a thwack, thwack, thwack. And yeah, apparently. And he goes, I don't even know that word. Well, you do now. <laughs> but he thinks it's supposed to be uttered in triplicate. So. <laughs> like a business form. Right. Here's your pink copy of the fuck. Here's my yellow copy of the fuck. And, uh, Who gets the goldenrod fuck? <laughs> Is that a euphemism? It could be. Yeah, and then I taught my my uh, very young son the H word, which is which was nice. I the, the kids had me playing board games with them. I'm playing um, I'm playing uh, one game with another kid, and I'm playing checkers and chess with the other kid, going back and forth. They're trying to move real fast, make me move fast so I can make mistakes so they can crush me. And after it was all over, I turned to my, my youngest and I go, hell of a game. <laughs> he looks at me like, what? Fucking A, Junior. <laughs> you did a fine fucking job. That's excellent. Badass. You kicked my dick in the dirt. <laughs> so after that, the kids are all, hee hee, you said the H word. <laughs> I could hear them whispering to each other, hell, hee It's <laughs> not great. Yeah, that's that's this something. Is, I, I I'm consistently getting my ass chewed by Ska Mama about the whole the whole swearing thing. I mean, and you know, I make a point. I don't ever swear in front. Okay, like, wait, to the wait, children. We, we have to stop right now. Okay. Continue to broadcast. 
craziest thing just happened. As we're doing this podcast about Russian spammers via Skype, I get a message from Skype that says, hello from it's all Cyrillic letters. It says from Tamshkvab, Russia. And my options are I can include my contact details with this person or block him from contacting you again. Is, is there a, a setting for uh, giving him your credit card now? <laughs> is, is, is your credit card stolen? Please enter the number here and check. <laughs> so what the hell? We're, we're not even broadcasting this. We're recording this and I get Russian. Right. I, it's, it's worldwide, dude. The, the uh, opportunities for marketing are endless and everywhere. And fortunately, they're pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> Else I'd have nothing for the show. So I, I kind of want to just like somehow patch this guy into the podcast so we can just go off on it. <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, so if we suddenly blow up, it's because I'm hitting block this person from contacting you again. <laughs> okay, I'll, okay, I'll keep that in mind. So yeah, right. uh, Julie's been kind of getting on my ass because, and it's not, I never swear in front of the kids purposefully, and I never swear at the kids. That's just not me. I'm not that guy. But there are, there are instances where I'm speaking to you on the phone or sure. we're playing video games and it's later at night. Or, you know, there are moments where it's kind of parentally appropriate and the kids wander in on it. And endlessly, Julie has, you know, the mom ears so she can hear anything in the house. And so I get my ass chewed if I say, you know, anything. And uh, I understand that, but at some point, you know, you can only protect the kids from it so much. Profanity is in the world. And I think we're getting to the point, especially with my older daughter, where it's more about kind of teaching her appropriateness than it is about those words don't exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, I mean, perhaps you should tone it down a little bit if you're around where children may be. Because when your daughter hears you say, eat the corn out of my shit, you goat fucker. (laughs) I don't think she's heard that. I'm not quite that oh. colorful. No, that's what I called her up and told her. <laughs> nice. That's what a godfather's for. Anyway. Yeah, no, but it's, you know, it's it's there are moments, though, when you don't expect the kid to wander in. But yeah. my wife wanders in and she's my ass. So, I don't know. And she's disappointed in you. Yeah. Well, she can she can bring that up on the next show, I guess. If she, that pisses her off. Yeah. <laughs> Does it piss her off or does it just make her disappointed and, and sad and just sort of shake her head and go, God, what is No, what? it's more like, Steve, knock it off. Oh, okay. So, yeah, something to think about. You got to you gotta teach the kids sometimes. I mean, in your sons, they have to learn how to swear properly. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, when you're in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying now. I'm just I'm looking down the road. Like, when is the appropriate time for you to start breaking your kid in? Because yeah, you, you know, there's always that weird kid at school who can't swear right, and everybody just kind of looks <laughs> and then at he him becomes funny. your track coach. <laughs> <laughs> Why in the Jesus Christ shit did you do that, Cockins? Do you know how you pisses know how fucking... off this makes me? No, he said, do you know how fucking embarrassing this makes me? <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty embarrassing. Mystery. So, yeah, we, we can't have that. No, I think he'll pick it up on his own. He's pretty good with words. A few Stephen King books and he'll be... Yeah, Stephen King is good for that, definitely. So speaking of swearing and things that uh, piss folks off, we have a guest what pisses us off tonight. Uh, Why not? Vaughn from Motion Picture Massacre fired in with a voicemail 
That's regarding a subject that we talked about last episode. So uh, I am going to fire that off now. Yeah, what's up, guys? It's Vaughn. Uh, yeah, you know I do a podcast, whatever. But my main job is a postman. I'm a fucking mailman, and it does confuse the shit on me when people put multiple boxes on their property. Especially when it's only one house. It fucking is bullshit. It's like, where do you want me to fucking put it? I have three or four on my route where they have the, they have a box in the front of the house, and they have a box in the, in the, at, the, at the top of the stairs where their fucking door is. And then if you put the box mail at the fucking bottom of the house, they bitch. When you put it up at the front of the house, they bitch. Fucking figure out which one you want to keep, assholes. It fucking <laughs> pisses me the fuck off, man. I can't... Oh, you know, it's... Uh, mm. And uh, just like fucking Nimwitz, like, oh, you want to, oh, you know, we just swear we were told to put the box. Like, well, no, no one told me that you told to put the box there. And then you're freaking, we told to put the box there, take the other box down. And then I get yelled at when someone else does my route, and they put the box mail in the wrong fucking place. And you know what really pisses me off, though? Really, really pisses me off? Those motherfuckers, you don't put the boxes there, and you give them the fucking card that says you need to put a fucking box, and they don't want to put a fucking box. Fucking pisses me off, and they're like, "Oh, you know, we got this little vestibule between our houses. You can shove it right there." But then it's like, you know, when their mail gets wet, they bitch to me, or they call my fucking boss and they fucking bitch to him. And, oh, my mail got wet. Blah, blah, blah. They fucking put a box in your cock, sucker. But don't put in four fucking boxes. Put in one. Just fucking one. I just want to take the box, and shove up your fucking ass, and take your mail. Shove up your fucking ass and close the fucking door. You fucking cocksuckers. Oh. I feel better now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I blew up my spot that I, this is what I do for a living. But you know what? Who gives a shit? Who listens to this show anyway? Because it's fucking on twice a month. Motherfuckers. No, nah, you know, I didn't mean that. I'm so mad. Uh, I'm, I'm so angry. I didn't mean that. I was completely taken out of anger. Who listened to my fucking show? My show fucking sucks dick. You hear it? You fucking, oh, fucking Christ. I can't believe I fucking still do a show. I should just shoot myself in the fucking face. Oh, whatever. I'm so rambling. All right, guys. Love yous. Bye. <laughs> He, he loves you. That's fucking priceless, dude. Nobody swears like a guy from New Jersey. That's awesome. No. Wow. So I think I really pissed him off. I think you, you know did what? piss him off. So for for the record, you have two mailboxes, right? I do. I, I have two. So mailboxes, what? What the fuck? Is, what's the deal with that? Right, I had a mailbox, right? Okay. It was on I the street the or in the door or yeah, what? On, where is it? Describe no, had, the situation. I had it on the street. On a post, right by the sidewalk. Okay. And it was falling over. I mean, it, the post was rotted. It was literally falling over. It was only being held up by a shrubbery when I moved in. And so in order to keep the things nice, you know, I figured the, the mailman lady didn't want to put the mail in a box that's laying in a bush. I took the box down, and I just hung one on the side of my house, like all the other houses on my street, right? Okay. So... Did we get a note from the post office? Did we get a friendly reminder? No. You know what happened? There's a knock on the door. My wife answered, and the mailman lady lit into her. I mean, like, yelled at her. Like, just started yelling at my wife that she didn't know what was going on and how much extra work it was and that the mailman lady's mother was sick and, and on and on. I mean, she just went off on my wife, which... Is assholic. Sure. So we didn't really know what the hell to do. And then she said, you know, you got to put your box back there. Well, we couldn't because the place where the old one was, there was, was like maybe an inch or two of topsoil and then just concrete. So we couldn't really drill into the concrete. And I, I told him, I'm like, hey, look, 
I can't put the box back here. And and they made up some big weird story about oh they couldn't have it by my front door because I have a dog and what if the dog you know goes through the front door or something? And it, I, I I still don't understand that. So I I I said look I can't put the box back where it was. You're telling me the regulations. So you you can't you can't just dig it out and put a new post in. No, it's concrete. Well, yeah, but there was a post there originally, so clearly there's a post post hole in the concrete into a a large slab of concrete. The area was concrete, not like they dug a hole in the ground and put you know four inches of concrete around it. There's a slab of concrete, many feet by many feet, with a a square hole in it. Right, and with a with a with a uniform size post. That yeah, all posts that, come in. That hole is full of of wood and metal. It's not like you can just pluck it out. Sure, you can. You auger it. Well, you auger it. <laughs> auger this. Listen, Plus, you know what? I'm you're going to have somebody this. like Vaughn come in and shove it in your fucking vestibule because you can't <laughs> fix your mailbox. I have. I put my mailbox in my house just like every other person on the street. Why you know why why are they treating me differently? Is this a racial thing? I think it is. I think it is. So I finally said, look, you know what? You dig the hole. Here's a mailbox. I got it. You dig the hole. I bought a new mailbox. I bought a new post. And they said, okay, we'll dig the hole. Well, freaking weeks pass. No hole is dug. And then they stopped delivering my mail. <laughs> so I had to go call them again. I'm like, hey, what what's going on? I agreed to put the mailbox back. You agreed to dig the hole. Well, they didn't know where their crack team of post-hole-digging personnel were, and they get my mail started again. It went on and on and on and on and on. And finally, one day, just out of the blue, this dude shows up, like a regular mailman dude, in a, in a mailman truck with a pair of post-hole diggers, and he goes, all right, I'm supposed to dig the hole. I'm like, right there, that's the spot. You know, that's where you guys have told me it has to be. I can't, you know, move it more than, like, there's a regulation. I can't move it more than three feet from the original spot. So he takes one one swing with the post hole diggers, clunk, hits the concrete. And he goes, oh, hmm, well, how about we put it somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's empowered to make that decision? I, I don't think he was. I don't think he had that, that I think that decision was a little bit beyond his pay grade. Oh fuck, that's funny. But anyway, he did. He he said, "Well, you know, can we can, can we put it over here?" And he points to the other side of the driveway, which incidentally moved the mailbox closer to where my dog actually is. Back when my dog was alive, so now he's. I say, "Yeah, you know, knock yourself out. You're you're the post hole digging person here. You you dig it." So he did. He dug it on the other side of my driveway. So now the dog could like look look right out at the mailbox and go ape shit every time the mailman lady came. He dug a hole and I put a new mailbox in. But I still have the old mailbox hanging on the side of my house. So Vaughn, there's no postal regulation that says I don't have to I have to take the old mailbox off. Well, what, I can have a it, whole house made out of mailboxes <laughs> if I want. If I want to landscape my yard instead of having drought tolerant plants, I can put drought tolerant mailboxes all over the goddamn yard. I could lay them in the driveway. I could make a garage door that's nothing but a great big fucking mailbox if I wanted that opens up and I drive in like I'm a first class delivery letter. Okay, I can have as many mailboxes as I want. I'm gonna instead of rain gutters, I'm taking my rain gutters down. <laughs> I'm putting mailboxes all along the eaves of my house, and I'm gonna make you pick which one is the real mailbox. <laughs> ha! Trick question. It's the one out front where they dug the hole, dumbass. <laughs> 
But the thing isn't it a fucking eyesore to have this extra uh, mailbox like a fucking growth or appendage hanging off the side of your house? No, it's a sh- it's very you're, subtle you're bringing, shade of pink. You're bringing down fucking property values. Take that I'm shit down. It, it looks fucking horrible. My mailbox is an eyesore. It's a, it's a shot. It's dude. The mailbox is black. You don't even see it. It's vertical to the street. The, the the official mailbox, the mailbox that is sanctioned by the United States Postal Service. That is the eyesore. That's the one. It's on a post. It's bright orange and dark blue. Looks like a, a kraken. That's the eyesore. It's bright and ugly. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you got to take down that other mailbox, man. No, man. I'm not taking it. Just because Vaughn, the butthole, decides that he can't <laughs> deal with it. I, I, I got to say, I agree with Vaughn. Fuck you, you cocksucker. Is that any way to talk to your podcast partner? Who are you going to side with, me or the mailman? I don't even think Vaughn's a real mailman. Do you know why? Why? Because he didn't call himself a mail carrier. Oh, uh, well, you know what, though? He, he lives where men are men, and, you know, I, I don't think that, like, they're maybe not so sensitive as they are here in the West. He just called you a cocksucker. So I don't think that they're probably as sensitive in Jersey as they are here in uh I you think know, my mailman lady Coast. called my wife that, though. So. She, she called your wife a cocksucker? She might have. Fuck, that's brutal. It was either that or cunt face. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, thanks for the voicemail, Vaughn. That was awesome. And uh, check, check out his show, Motion Picture Massacre. Despite uh, what he says, it does not suck dick. He talks about uh, movies you've never heard of, and he always has a good rant. So do please check it out. It's a great show. So, uh... Let's take a little break for a uh, musical interlude from the Butthole Surfers. Uh, What are we going to play, Gord? Human Cannibal. Fuck yeah.
Well, there is Dez from Dread Media, and then sometimes Andy is joined by Exploitation and Demko for the 42nd minute to cover the best of the Exploitation cinema. But one man usually stands alone in the world of horror podcasting to give you your DVD release dates, horror and cult cinema news, DVD announcements, and the most scathing and honest reviews. Your free subscribing can buy. One man stands alone. At www.destroythebrainonline.com. The Destroy the Brain Podcast. Standing alone weekly. Hey, this is Jay. Stewie D. KC. Questionable Mike and Trouble from the Obscure 80s show. And you're listening to Stephen Gore of the Bone Bat Show, where everything pisses them off. Especially me. And we're back. Cool song, Ooh. huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, that CD album tape is so cool. Full of cool stuff. You know what? I just thought of something. What's that? I bought that originally on cassette. Did you really? Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe they didn't have the LP at the time. But yeah, that I owned that on cassette. Huh. I own their uh, their first couple. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about some uh, band history here, real quick? Yeah. Uh, one of the th- kind of the cool things and interesting things about the Butthole Surfers is like, you know, any good Texas storyteller, the the butthole surfers are inveterate bullshitters. 
So you don't know, you know, there's this kind of whole mythology that's built up around the band, and it's it's kind of hard to tell what's real and what's not real. So I'm going to spill a bunch of shit that I think I know about the band. It may be true. It may not be true. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give it out, put it out there. If somebody corrects me later, that's awesome. I'd love to hear it. But uh, anyway, so the, the Butthole Surfers, kind of the seed for the band, started uh, at uh, Trinity University in Texas uh, in the late 70s when uh, Gibby Haynes, who is the son of Jerry Haynes, a longtime children's show host in Dallas known as Mr. Peppermint, and uh, guitarist Paul Leary uh, met each other uh, in college. And uh, they had similar taste in music. The interesting thing is that they were both in line for pretty conventional careers. Gibby Haynes was the uh, captain of the basketball team. He, uh, the guy's six foot four, so he's a huge, impo- imposing figure. Uh, so he's captain of the basketball team. He was like president of his fraternity. He was uh, voted accountant of the year, and uh, went went on to a, an early accounting career. In the meantime, uh, Paul Leary was uh, studying for an MBA. He was uh, studying both art and business. So you know, these are guys that you know kind of had their eye on a career at first and then uh they met each other and had similar taste in music and uh when gibby graduated he went to work for an accounting firm and uh he had started a zine with leary called strange vd where they would get the most fucked up medical images and they would put kind of hilarious quotes next to them about you know them being taco leg or pine cone butt or these different diseases and how somebody came by them so they're they're making this zine and gibby accidentally leaves one of these imaging images in the copier at the accounting firm and one of the partners finds it and gibby catches a lot of shit about it so he didn't last much longer there uh he he leaves the accounting firm and he decides to move to california He's joined by Paul Leary, uh, who comes out, and uh, for a while they uh, sell they sell T-shirts and other uh, linens with the face of Lee Harvey Oswald on it, which is kind of odd, wouldn't you say? I would say that's odd. <laughs> so that 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 didn't work out for, all that great. So they decided to go back to San Antonio and they started up the band. Now, initially, I guess the band didn't didn't really have a name. They would they decided to change the name of the band with every show. With every uh, show, yeah. Yeah, so uh, some of the band, some of the names that they were called, they called themselves were the Ashtray Babyheads, Nine Inch Worm Makes Own Food, Vodka Family Winstons, The Inalienable Right to Eat Fred Astaire's Asshole, and Dick Tip. <laughs> and so, and then one faithful night, the guy who was announcing the uh, show announced them after the name of one of their tunes, which was Butthole Surfers. And I guess it was their first paying gig, so they decided to stick with that, and uh, hence the name. Uh, the name that uh, many, many uh, parents and radio stations did not want to hear over the next few years. You know, I heard that they named their band that because someone spray-painted it on the side of their van. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I did not hear that uh, that they that was spray-painted on the side of their van. Although, I did hear that uh, a few years later, they moved to uh, near Athens, Georgia, where R.E.M. was from. They had had a few tough years, and they were doing a lot of touring, and they decided, since they didn't really have a place to live, to uh, move to Athens uh, for no other reason than to stock R.E.M. So they, pa- <laughs> so they painted on the side of their van and parked it in front of Michael Stipe's house the following, Michael Stipe, despite the hype, I still want to suck your big, long pipe. 
Again, I don't know that this is 100% true because Gibby's full of shit, I suspect, but who knows? Anyway, so uh, the, the, to, just to back up a little bit, the, the band is roundly kind of hated in San Antonio. So they move back to California, and they're touring up and down the coast, and they go to uh, San Francisco. And they're playing at a place, I think it was called the Tool and Die, where they roll into town and their, their van like takes a shit just as they get into town. Uh, and they end up uh, finding out that they're not playing the gig that night. But through some finagling, they, they uh, end up, uh, the club allows them to play three songs that night. And they end up talking to Jello Biafra, who in turn invites them to open for Dead Kennedys about a week later in Los Angeles at the Whiskey. They play the show. And Biafra is pretty impressed with the band's music. So he decides that, well, he's going to make them a deal. That if they can get somebody to donate the studio time, he will see that uh, their album is released on alternative tentacles. Uh, by this point, they had they had gone through a number of bassists, as they would throughout their career. They would settle later, but uh, they had also gone through a number of drummers. And finally, King Coffee joined the, the uh, band, was one of the last drummers on... Uh, this particular release and he would stay with them for many years and so you know kind of some time passed they recorded it there were some difficulties getting the uh the masters from the label because of money blah 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 uh in the meantime they ended up recording another album called live pcppep which uh pcp pep no it's pcppep i just realized that by reading up an article about them it's both a drug Whoa. joke and a pee-pee joke all in one. <laughs> and all these years, yes, we called it Live PCP Pep. Anyway, they released that on Touch and, Grow, on Touch and Go Records, which was, uh, which was interestingly uh, a label that was started by the guys who did Touch and Go fanzine. So I think his name was Corey Rusk and Tesco V, who we know from. Yeah. Were the Meat Men and You Suck. He was the lead singer yeah, of the Meat that, Men. that was the first um, album I had that was on Touch and Go Records was... We're the Meat Men and You Suck. And I had it on white vinyl. Awesome. Anyway, so uh, the Meat Men, that's maybe a, a topic for another episode. So uh, they release, finally, uh, their first album, which uh, is called Butthole Surfers or uh, PP the Sailor. Or alternately, if you were lucky enough to get it on brown vinyl, Brown Reason to Live, on Alternative Tentacles. Which has a number of their classics. Uh, the Shaw Sleeps and Lee Harvey's Grave. Hey, Something... Uh, it, it's Barbecue Pope. It's got some great classics on it. Live PCP PEP is pretty much the same tunes. As a matter of fact, some people have joked that they made the same album twice. Uh, and uh, But in a liver, little more rough version with Gibby yelling over it, it's pretty great shit. Then they recorded their uh, next release. Uh, I think this is in, let me see here, 84, uh, the album Psychic Powerless, Another Man's Sack came out from Touch and Go. So uh, this is another cool CD. You had this on vinyl, didn't you, dude? Yeah. It's got Dum Dum is a great song, Concubine, Cowboy Bob, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, black vinyl, though. I did not have this one on white vinyl. Sorry. Lady Sniff. <laughs> <laughs> great shit. So then uh, they had a little more time in between. Uh, Cream Corn from the Socket of Davis, which was an EP, came out. and Live uh, from my hometown, baby. Yeah, and uh, again on Touch and Go, that was kind of a stopgap as well. Uh, and during this time, uh, they kind of really turned into a touring machine. By this point, they had two drummers. In addition to King Coffee, they also had uh, added a second drummer, Teresa Nervosa, who uh, they would both drum standing up in stand-up kits. So they'd have the two of them drumming, Paul Leary, 
playing the shit out of guitar, whatever basis you had, and Gibby going absolutely insane. Now, Gibby kind of is known in the live setting for doing a number of things. Uh, he'll sing through a bullhorn. He has a big stack or a big rack of effects that he'll constantly be tape manipulating his voice and fucking with his voice. Uh, he'll also, I've seen him in uh, the first Lollapalooza, he was marching around on stage with a shotgun shooting blanks into the air. Uh, another thing he'll do is uh, he'll take an inverted cymbal on stage and he'll pour some sort of lighter fluid in the top and then beat the shit out of the cymbal so that the flames are like shooting up into the rafters as the band play. Uh, the, the band is also known for uh, playing a number of films while the music is playing. So things like Highways of Death, Penis Reconstruction Surgery, uh, different uh, wild animal videos, just all kinds of crazy shit. Smoke Machines, Absolute Madness. There was actually one show at Danceteria in New York, I think, in probably 1985, where uh, this woman who uh, would become kind of the, the band's live nude dancer, Kathleen, jumps on the stage. <laughs> Uh, this this show they were supposed to I don't know pay, play two nights or something like that and the second night gets canceled right so Gibby is like totally fucking pissed so he goes on stage and and he beats Leary over the head with like a fake glass bottle shattering it he falls down then he jumps back up and starts playing they play a few songs Gibby is lighting the stage on fire there's a number of small fires there's smoke everywhere this naked woman jumps on stage. Gibby ends up naked, and supposedly they start having sex on stage. It's just absolute mayhem. And so this this show would actually kind of become legendary, where for years people would think, wow, the butthole surfers are insane. They have sex on stage. They'll do anything. They're just fucking nuts. So that was kind of how their reputation was built right there. Sounds like an Aggie Banda show. <laughs> Is that what their, their shows were like? Yeah, not so much fire, but yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, let's see. So, uh... Around this time, they were joined by who would be the band's stalwart, longest-running bassist, Jeff Pincus, and the album Rembrandt Pussy Horse came out in 1986. Uh, I'm going to step this up a little bit because I'm going kind of slow. Uh, Locust Abortion Technician, the CD that we've been talking about, came out in 1987, which uh, definitely one of their strongest efforts. Anything to say about it? Yeah. Oh, well, we love it, man. It was... Well, what we already talked about at the beginning, groundbreaking, great CD. You know, the Omen, great song. Although I was always vaguely disturbed by the song "Cunts" and didn't like to listen to it. Graveyard too. There's that, that's another oh, thing yeah, they kind of did was uh, there's two versions of the song Graveyard, and uh, there a lot of times throughout the surfer's career they would like revisit the same song with different twists on it. Yeah, like the song "Hey." Yeah, exactly. And there's there's a. Uh, that's one of the things, This, particularly this album. If you get yourself good and fucked up and give a listen to Locust Abortion Technician, it's fucking kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> You'll lose your mind. It is. Yeah, the song The Omen, there's something vaguely creepy about that. And his really? just That's a scary song. And his going off the rails lyric on that, I mean, just insane shit. Uh, USSA, this kind of, you know, rant where you can almost read this political thing into it. It's pretty crazy. And then Sweat Loaf, which we opened the show with, which is disturbing on its own. That was followed by Hairway to Steven off of Touch and Go in 1988, The Widower Maker EP in 1989. And then they uh, came out with a double live effort uh, called, uh, oddly enough, Double Live. 
uh, which you can actually get free off their website. They have the rights to it, and it's uh, downloadable off uh, bo- uh, ButtholeSurfers.com. Uh, there's also, I think, three other uh, bootleg concert sh- uh, shows that are available there for download. And uh, a, pr- a pretty nice array of uh, tracks off of their various albums. So if you want to check out a little bit of uh, free Butthole Surfers music, that's the place to go. And from there, you can also buy uh, all of their CDs are available through their own website. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, so after that... Uh, they signed to Rough Trade for a couple of years. Uh, came out with the Hurdy Gurdy Man EP and the the CD PO'd, which uh, the band kind of at this point roundly uh, calls just an absolute piece of shit. At the time, I enjoyed it. It was kind of just something totally different from the band. This is the album that's got it's got her, a cover of Hurdy Gurdy Man, which is kind of a hippie-ish cover of a Donovan tune. It's got uh, a number of takes on this country bulldog, lonesome bulldog tune. And uh, it just was, was something, to, again, totally different. Not one of my favorites, but I respected the fact that they were trying to do something a little different on that uh, release. Then they uh, signed to a major label, uh, Capital, in 1993 for Independent Worm Saloon, who was produced by John Paul Jones. Do you know uh, you know who he is, Gord? Uh, the Clash? No, he was the bassist for Led Zeppelin. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Well, shows you what I know. There you go. So yeah, that was that was pretty major for them. It definitely has more of a straightforward hard rocking vibe to it than uh, you'd usually hear from the surfers, and uh, also contains the tune "Who Was in My Room Last Night," which is pretty damn cool. Uh, anyway, then in '95 uh, uh, they came out with uh, "The Whole Truth and Nothing But," which is uh, kind of a compilation of a bunch of early singles and some live bits stuff like that. Then that was followed by uh, their most famous album, uh, Electric Larry Land, which had the single Pepper, uh, the biggest hit the butthole surfers ever had. Then they started having a little bit of, uh, again, label troubles. They recorded an album which would be called After the Astronaut that was never released in 98. After several years, they reworked a number of those tunes and they showed up on their last big album, which was Weird Revolution. Uh, in 2001 and in 2002 they came out with a release called Humpty Dumpty LSD which was uh, another compilation of rarities and b-sides that had never been before released so uh, that's where we're at they're still touring today they toured the east coast recently and uh, you can still catch the butthole surfers are around they're a fantastic band absolutely original in my view and uh, definitely, uh, you know, somebody to explore. If you like music that is challenging, there's something different that you can hear with each listen. Uh, creativity that is unexpected. Great, great fucking band. So uh, Yeah, and if nothing else, it served me well to listen to them in high school because uh, the complete idiots would go, Oh, you like that butthole surfers. Uh, call me a fag. And then they'd listen to Judas Priest. Allowing, I, I smirked so hard, I nearly sprained my face when that would happen. <laughs> but the, the, the interesting thing about the surfers, though, was to me, I mean, I listened to Judas Priest and I listened to Butthole Surfers. You, yeah, but you, the, were not, you were not the standard issue musical dickhead where, that we went to high school with. No, you but what I'm saying is the thing. surfers appeal to metalheads and punkers and, you know... the. the I mean, I guess if you had to classify them at the time, they were considered alternative, right? But that no, was when th- nothing was alternative. They were punk. That there, was, there was when no alternative. No, nah, the they, they were they they were completely punk in attitude, but their music was not punk per se. No, no. But if you had to classify them, I'm saying you can't classify them then by something right. that 
No, yeah, I'm saying, you know, if you had to call him anything at the time, it would have been alternative, but that was when alternative meant something other than an alternative to good music. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that alternative was kind of a bullshit catch-all. There's no band like the Butthole Surfers. Just kind of like there's no band really like Primus. There are a few bands out there that kind of do their own thing that other bands can, you know, use as a comparison. But the Surfers were certainly one of those that are kind of uncategorizable, and they appealed to a lot of different people who liked a lot of different types of music. Yeah, but back in the day, there were only a few categories to dump things in. And, you know, punk slash new wave would be everything from the Dead Kennedys to the B-52s. Yeah, absolutely. I think they didn't start calling things alternative until, like, the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, but I guess there was never a category for drug-fueled Texan insanity, so. No, well, there was. It was only one deep, though. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, thanks again, King Coffee and the Butthole Surfers, for uh, letting us play your music tonight. We really appreciate it. Keep up the great music and uh, get out there and uh, buy some Butthole Surfers stuff, listeners. Yeah, so, uh, moving on, uh, it's time for a little multimedia triage, uh, a little uh, discussion of what we're listening to, reading, watching this week. Uh, what's going on, Gord? Is it is it triage? I've never understood this. Is that like a mirage with trees that you see? No, triage is when you sort things out, when things come in and you sort them according to category. Oh, okay, so so like in a medical term, I know triage is, is you got the people that you can't exactly, treat. Exactly, that's the people exactly that it. You got to treat, and then the people you just got to leave alone, but they're going to be okay. So we're triaging media, basically. Stuff comes in, we decide this sucks, this is great, this is mediocre. So is the tree part of triage, is that, that three? Do we have to put things in three categories? I never read the manual on this show. Was there, like, instructional to, media I was supposed to I think you need to look into things on your own fucking time, man. Are we, is this on? Are we live? We're live, yes. I flipped my mic and almost knocked it over. <laughs> oh, shit. For those of you who don't realize that my microphone is balanced on a pile of styrofoam blocks... Because the cardboard box I used to use to balance it on was recycled. By you see, that, we get you a nice microphone, and you can't an come awesome up with mic. anything better than... <laughs> no, I think I'm going to fuse these these blocks together. I think you should go buy a fucking mic stand, but hey, that's just me. It came with a mic stand. It's too short. Get a longer mic stand. You get a longer mic stand. I've got... Believe me, my mic stand is more than long enough. It's not the size of the mic My stand. My mic stand can reach places yours can't. <laughs> it's the decibels. <laughs> so. Okay, what are we doing? On to, on to triage. So did you oh, right. did you go see Watchmen this week, you huge, huge not, vagina? I, I want to see the Watchmen. I have not seen the Watchmen. Okay. Um, I'm, then I'm, I'm not going to get too spoilery. I did see. I went good. to the midnight showing on Thursday night. Uh, I it was one of those things where I don't do that very often, but I really wanted to see this movie. Uh, I think it's two two and a half hours long. It totally didn't feel like it. It was the middle of the night, and usually, you know, I've bitched before. I can't fucking stay awake. It was riveting. I stayed awake for the whole thing. Uh, and I, I got to say, it was in my mind, everything obviously didn't make it to the screen because the Watchmen is such a sprawling epic. But what did make it to the screen was the perfect representation of the graphic novel. Wait, perfect? Perfect. What wow. what made it to the screen, almost to the thing, almost to the effect that if I had a gripe about it, it would be that it almost didn't feel fresh or original because I had seen the whole thing in my head from reading the graphic novel. 
Which is the oddest fucking complaint in the world because if you think about it, most fanboys are going to bitch about a comic book movie because it's not enough like the the source material. You know what I mean? Yeah, they leave out something important and they add something that didn't exist before. Exactly, but this, but what this this was kind of like a, a, a perfect distillation of what that was. So all of I felt like all of Alan Moore's points made it across to the screen as far as what he was trying to say with the work. And Rorsch- oh, wow. and the actor uh, Jackie Earl Haley, who plays Rorschach, was fucking amazing, dude. He nailed that, cool. that role. Rorschach was fantastic. So yeah, it, it was. I, I was very impressed by it. I really enjoyed it. But it, I wouldn't call it like my favorite movie of the year for just that reason. That for some reason, it, it didn't pop or transcend for me because it was so much like the graphic novel. So I, I don't know. If that's mixed feelings or what that is, but definitely if you've if you've read the graphic graphic novel, I'd say it's a must see. Yeah, I, I will be seeing it. You know what I have paid attention to though What's that? is Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> which continues to suck so hard. I, I am st- I am still interested. If if I didn't know that there were only like two episodes left, I would stop watching. But because it's almost over, I'm I'm just kind of carrying on to the bitter end. God, you know, come on, seriously, let's have a silent. I really, I really did like the whole thing with Boomer, though. That that was pretty hard. Where she, uh, spoke okay, hold on, hold on. Spoil, and then, spoiler, and, spoiler, uh, yeah, spoiler, by spoiler the way, alert. We're gonna get to spoilers, podcast, we're gonna wreck things for you. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fuck Battlestar Galactica up like we always do. So, yeah. uh, tune in so, again yeah, thing, in a few minutes I, when Gord says, BSG licks my taint. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, the thing with Boomer impersonating Athena and, and Dog and Hilo there while Athena's all tied up and forced to watch, that that was pretty <laughs> hardcore. That, that, was, that was suitably brutal. But then they go to the next episode, and it's kind of like a bunch of shit that just happened didn't happen. There's this dis... And this has pissed me off throughout the fucking show. There's the kind of this disconnect because I I think that there's different lead writers on different shows. Yeah. And so you'll you'll come across a show and they'll be like building something and then all of a sudden you'll have another show that just has an absolutely different feel. The characters don't quite act the same and it, it's kind of fucking just annoying. Like that they couldn't have better continuity between episodes. And I mean yeah. I, I guess part of what's going on right now is that because they've they've reached Earth and Earth is fucked up that people are not as sure about themselves. So the characters are already not acting like themselves, but to a point where it's kind of acting like just fucking ridiculous. Adama hasn't been himself this since they came back, I don't think. He's acted like a fucking pussy. Yeah, he used to be just hardcore, but now, you know, there will be no mercy, except for you. And you. <laughs> oh, you silence. And you. You're okay. Yeah. The silence are fine, but... Uh... Never! Okay, never mind. <laughs> But, you know, I want to compare and contrast what's going on with Battlestar with what's going on with uh, another uneven show, but Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, there have been some episodes that that were painfully poorly acted. And there have been some things that, like, they, they bring out of nowhere, like one episode, anytime someone answers the phone, they're supposed to, the person calling is supposed to say, like, the time and date. Like and they act like it's always been like that, and then a few episodes later they just answer the phone normally again. Uh-huh. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that, that I mean, just bizarre. And 
and the acting, you know, Summer Glau as Cameron, always on. She's always great. People that play the machines are always great. The, the, the woman, the, the singer from uh, Garbage, who's playing the silent. Oh, is she on? She, is she on now? Oh, she's so great. I haven't even watched it this season since it came back. For some reason, it kind of fell off of our TiVo, and, we have it, we, and we've and we fallen behind. So oh, I probably you know should what? set it again. Hopefully, they'll show like a marathon or something, and I can catch up. Yeah, I will, otherwise I will I'm gonna have to wait until DVD then. or something. But I, I, I won't remember. You can you can talk about what you want. No, to talk there's about. there's there is one character who uh, who I've always hated the character and hated the actress who plays the character. Uh huh. And she dies, so <laughs> I'm I'm pretty psyched about that. Yeah, you. But there's uh th- there was a scene in the last one where Cameron is facing down this 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 chick and Cameron's starting to malfunction. Oh man, just tense scene. Good stuff. I'm I, there, a proper amount of gore. Cameron's like cutting herself open to try to repair herself. It's I'm liking it. I'm liking the Terminator. They they're finally getting a little bit of cohesion again and moving forward because they had a they had a bunch of episodes where it was like some really good shit mixed in with some really marginal stuff. Cool. Well, yeah, I, I need to revisit that because, like I said, I did watch. We watched the first season and really enjoyed it, and then it kind of just fell off our radar. So it's something I have to go back to. So, what's your? What do you think about the last two episodes of Galactica? We're almost done. I kind of, I kind of want to watch the the next one and then just not watch the last one as a fuck you to Ronald Moore. <laughs> no, I've, I've still been enjoying it. It's just not nearly as good as it was. Yeah. And, and if, it was, if it was this good to start with, I would have never started watching it. I mean, if it was this bad to start with, however you want to say that. Uh, yeah, I was reading some review of like a recent episode the other day that was, wow, it's just amazing to see what they've built come to fruition. And I was just thinking, really? Are we watching the same uh, fucking show? No, it's amazing that they <laughs> couldn't continue on the level of excellence they started with. I, what would be good is if, like, Starbuck goes batshit insane and then naked just destroys the whole fleet. Yeah. I think as much nudity as possible <laughs> really needs to be worked into the last few episodes. Except for not Adama. No, even Adama. Go ahead. Let's see how low those <laughs> those puppies hang. Come on. I, we saw full, that, didn't we? Full naked. Haven't we I seen enough? Full... We've, <laughs> no. we've seen enough. I, I've seen all the naked Je- Edward James almost I need to see. No, I want to see the president, like her, her bald, it's like saggy bod. Everyone, I want we, we full saw naked that too. I, <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to get that image out of your head. Are I'm you? not going to. Oh well, that's that. So, uh, what, what what was it you need to say to let our our listeners come back? Oh, Battlestar Galactica can lick my taint. Was it? Great. There, there yes. you go. Welcome back to the show, people. So, uh, let me see. Anything else that uh, you're working on right now? I'm reading uh, "Let the Right One In." Do you are you familiar with that a Swedish vampire novel that they made a movie of last year? Just came out on video this week. It's supposed to be great, so I'm catching up on the book before I see the movie. No, I, you know I'm reading uh, I'm reading some heavy heady fare right now. I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. I'm reading uh, the Diamond Age. Oh, by Neil Stevenson. Pretty, yeah. No cool about nanotech. That guy's fucking great. Yeah, Snow Crash is one of my favorite novels of all time. So this is a better novel than Snow Crash. Snow Crash was more uh, fun. Uh-huh. It was more fast paced, but this is really a better book. I'm enjoying this one more. Wow. So if you like Snow Crash, check out check out this one. It's not the same. It's not it's not the same kind of thing. But 
it's it's pretty cool. I actually yeah. own it. I have it here. I just have never gotten around to reading it. So yeah, well, you know, Snow Crash dealt with the with the you know virtual world and um, everything becoming you know big government, big corporate, big government essentially bankrupt and everything becoming franchised and 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 small. And this goes in a completely different direction. Uh, it does, you know, wonder what would happen to big governments, and the world is rearranged. But it's all because of nanotechnology and non-centralized networks, and it, it just explores that. It, it's set mostly in in a, an area dominated by what we call China today. It's cool. Yeah, I, I dig it. And I'm also reading. Can I even talk about this? I'm reading Animal Vegetable Miracle. Oh, cool. About food. Yeah. And good book. Say it's it's a pretty good book, and I'm it's a lot of pretty much stuff that I already knew and or suspected, mixed in with a, a few things that I didn't. But I'm I'm kind of plodding through it. And yeah, you know I know organic carrots taste better than regular carrots. I know it doesn't make a fucking lot of sense to export like 183 million tons of potatoes and import 181 million tons of potatoes, it's, right. but. Well, we've you know. we've definitely tried to abide by the what do you call it the sixty mile rule, especially during the summer. So just kind of being cognizant of like where your food comes from, trying to buy stuff that that comes local versus you know far away. I mean, there really? are some things. Fucking coffee is you know you're going to get coffee where you're going to get coffee from. But it, I think anytime you make a decision to buy you know tomatoes that are grown here versus grown in in my case i'm in washington so during the summer if i can buy tomatoes that are grown locally versus tomatoes that are grown in california i'm i'm i think i think that i'm making a good decision as both a consumer and you know for being green and all that good stuff i had no idea yeah yeah we have a we have a uh local farm collective deliver uh, most of our produce now which is it's you know what bottom line it tastes better it tastes good. it does it, it really does and like with tomatoes it, I don't eat tomatoes except during the summer and except if they're organic and local because all of their tomatoes taste like styrofoam donkey shit. <laughs> and I just don't like them. So in addition to it being bad for the world and bad for everything else, why put things in your body that don't taste good? Cool. Well, that's, that's a good plan. So, yeah, Animal Vegetable Miracle uh, by Barbara Kingsolver. It's, it's a very kind of cool book to check out. Uh, I would recommend it as well. I thought you were going to make fun of me for reading it. No, not at all. Dude, you know I'm kind of a food hound, so... Well, yeah, I know you're a foodie, but you're also, you know, quick to call me a stinking hippie, so... <laughs> I guess there's a fine line. So, uh, <laughs> the, one la- did you have anything else for triage? No, I'm triaged out. Okay, one, one last thing. I, I normally don't, you know, I'll, obviously I'll plug my buddy podcasts and stuff like that, but I usually don't kind of, you know, call out a special episode that I think is cool, but... Uh, so, but this is the first time maybe I've done this in multimedia triage anyway. Uh, the Cadaver Lab, which is an awesome uh, horror podcast, this last week did an uh, episode on horror hosts, which covers kind of regional horror hosts across the nation. And uh, specifically the ones that Elvira and uh, even more importantly, Joe Bob Briggs, where he nice. talks about uh, the, you know, the stuff that he did when he was doing the show. But, I mean, Gordon and I, we grew up on Joe Bob. And, you know, reading him in the Sacramento Bee, right? Oh, yeah. In the and, pink section. Yeah, I mean. No, not the, the Bee, the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh, it was in the Chronicle. Okay. So, yeah, we used to, we grew up on reading those articles. I remember going over to Gord's house on the weekends, having a cup of coffee, and just laughing our ass off as we would read those reviews. 
Did did he? They also talk about uh, the guy out of uh, San Francisco, Bob. Uh, uh, the guy they that did, did not uh, Bob Wilkins. Features. No, yeah. no, they didn't cover Bob Wilkins. They only did four See, that's hosts. That's why I don't listen to that crappy podcast. <laughs> they did. They did say though. I mean, you know, they didn't have time to cover everybody, and they they covered a nice cross section, I think, because they did uh, Vampira, who was kind of Elvira's predecessor, and uh, uh, shoot, a guy from Chicago, um, Goulardi, maybe. Or was he from Cleveland? I don't know. Anyway, one of the guys from mid from the Midwest. So it's a great episode. I really enjoyed kind of uh, revisiting Joe Bob. That was that was awesome. They play a few cuts of his his intros for different movies, and uh, it, it definitely worth your time. So check that out. Okay. Well, if you're gonna plug someone, can I plug someone? Please do. All right, I'm gonna send a shout out to uh, the guys that I bought my stereo cabinet from how boring is that but seriously dynamic home theater.com went above and beyond excellent customer service when things got totally screwed up they continue to step up to the plate if you need something for your home theater go to dynamic home theater.com because a the best price you're going to find and b superior customer service and when you're dealing with someone on the internet like that you never know what you're getting and those guys they they I give him my seal of approval. Very cool. All right, so uh, on to filthy jokes. Oh, cool! Filthy jokes. Finally, are you going first or am I? I can go first. Okay, go ahead. You go first. I I, I, I seriously over joked last episode, so we're going to keep this one short and sweet. Okay. So one Friday afternoon, these two long married women are sitting on their front porch chatting, and the first woman looks down the street and she says, "Oh no, here comes my husband with a bunch of flowers." You know what that means. I'll be on my back with my legs in the air all weekend. And the other woman says, well, why don't you use a vase? <laughs> See, that's funny. Oh, that you. was funnier than last week, man. <laughs> no, funnier it wasn't. My, funnier than my joke's about to be. All right, so this, this guy's watching TV and eating peanuts. And his wife is, is in the kitchen washing dishes. And he's throwing peanuts up in the air. And, and he's catching him in his mouth and watching TV and his, his wife drops a dish right as he throws a peanut up in the air and the sound startles him so he turns his head rapidly peanut falls right into his ear so he can't get it out he, he, he tries shaking his head he tries you know squirting water in there his wife tries to dig around with a q-tip nothing and, and he's really disturbed he's got a peanut in his ear Ears getting all swollen because that's right, kids. You're not supposed to stick Q-tips in your ear, despite the fact they fit so perfectly. So he doesn't know what to do. And just then, his teenage daughter and her date come home from the date that they were on. And the the guy that she's on the date with, he goes, hey, "What's going on?" And so the guy explained, "I got a peanut stuck in my ear. I can't get it out. I think I got to go to the hospital." He goes, "Oh no no no!" He walks up to him takes his two fingers and sticks them right in the guy's nostrils and says, all right, close your mouth and blow as hard as you can. So he's got his his fingers in their mouth closed. He blows, boop, peanut pops right out of his ear. And, oh, wow, thank you. That's that's incredible. Jeez. And so the, the guy and the teenage daughter, they, they go off, you know, another room to, to do whatever they do. And she, the wife comes up to the, the husband and says, wow, what? What a nice young man, and he's so bright. You know, I think he's got a real future. What do you think is in his future? And uh, the guy goes, well, judging by the smell of his fingers, I'd say he's a future son-in-law. <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucked up, dude. Great joke, Cord. 
Uh, so, uh, before we go, we've got a little contest we're cooking up. Yeah. So, you, you know you love the filthy jokes here on the Bone Bat Show. And uh, we would like you, our listeners, to take part. So, here's the deal. Fire in either via the MP3 wave file or call into our number at 206-203-3115 with your favorite filthy joke. Uh, can people look- write in? They can even write. Well, I want to hear it because I want to play it back on the show. So call, right. call the number. Uh, and uh, the, the, the joke that makes us laugh the hardest, you will receive an archival DVD of all of the Bone Bat shows to date, including... The never-before-released Wombone Zero, our initial foray into podcasting that is uh, totally shitty, but nobody has ever heard it before. So it's got that going for it. In addition, no, I think like six of my friends heard it. <laughs> in addition, you will get a uh, an original CD label done by Mr. Gord. Yep, I'll do it. And uh, the CD label will be signed by the two of us. So this will be a unique item in all the world until the next time we do this. But then it still won't be unique because it'll be different somehow. Anyway. Dude, I'll even, I'll even throw in a, snick, a sticker. A sticker, too? Fuck. Yeah. So I got a Really, got some, you, how can sticker. you afford not to take part in this contest? So, please uh, send in before our next episode, which will be uh, three weeks, uh, the uh, uh, filthy joke. And uh, the winner will get this awesome archive DVD of the Bone Bat Show. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And that's it for us this week. Gord, uh, where can your shit be found? (laughs) In the toilet. Where can your shit be found? On bonehand.com. Funny (laughs) you should ask. New content every Sunday, and uh, check me out there. And, of course, you can find my cartoon every week, unless I'm distracted by other stuff, uh, on mightywombat.com. My monthly column at davislifemagazine.com and uh, this fine podcast venue. Also, thanks again to the Butthole Surfers. You can find their music on buttholesurfers.com, buy their shit, listen to some free MP3s, support the band. They're fantastic and well worth your time. Thanks again to King Coffee and the Butthole Surfers for letting us play your music. We really appreciate it. You guys fucking rule. Thanks, man. And that's it. So for the Bone Bat Show, this is Steve. This is Gord. Take it easy.
Who gives a shit? Who listens to this show anyway? Because it's fucking on twice a month, motherfuckers. 